Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Cherry Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. Brad Keller, young gun starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, joins the boys, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. So 244. Coming hot at you guys and so 243. And I'm flanked on my left and on my right by nobody because we recorded from quarantine. That's right. We're keeping it safe over here. But you'll hear Alex toss me the rock to Sopolis. And of course, Nikki Snacks Krida, my co-host on the mic. And like you heard in the introduction, we got Brad Keller, starting pitcher, Kansas City Royals. And we can't say enough good things about this guy. And yeah, man, we're not going to beat around the bush. Let's jump into this awesome interview. So without further ado, Brad Keller of the Kansas City Royals and the Charity Stripe team. Enjoy. All right, guys, you heard it in the introduction. We got Brad Keller of the Kansas City Royals joining the boys today, starting pitcher. Brad, how you doing over there in sunny Arizona? Uh, Doing well, guys. How about yourselves? We're doing good. We're all quarantined in separate locations out here in Los Angeles. <laughs> usually, I mean, I would we would love to have you in the studio usually if you were in Los Angeles. Another time when you come pitch for the Angels, hopefully in the, against, yeah. the, against the Angels in the future, the Dodgers. Um, we usually are in the studio together, but now we're all separate. But we're still doing well. We're managing over here. And we're stoked to have you, man. I think you're our first starting pitcher as a guest. We usually have football guys and oh, basketball really? guys. I know, and I'm such a ba- I mean, Nick and I are baseball junkies at heart. Nick is a lo- <laughs> Nick's a lowly Padres fan and I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. Um but the okay, Royal sweet. yeah, the Royals man is such a rich history, uh great organization and you kind of had an interesting way about getting there. You weren't drafted by them originally. So if we could start at the tippy tippy top of your young baseball career right out of high school. What was that like? Yeah. What was the decision like there? Was there a college in play for you or were you going to go right out of high school no matter what? Yeah. So that was, uh, it was actually a crazy, the whole draft experience was crazy because yeah, like I, I honestly, I signed to go to Presbyterian college legitimately. The I, well, first off I committed two days before signing day. I got offered three days before signing day. So Offered, committed, two days later, signed on signing day to go to Presbyterian College, and that was the fall of my senior year. So, um, 
and that was my only division one offer. And it was like, you know, is it it, the whole, um, you know, summer ball high school, th- that whole thing was just crazy in itself. Like, yeah. you know, just, you know, trying to one, I was super young. Like uh, I didn't even know how to pitch at the time. I was, you know, I just basically <laughs> threw the ball. That's so, wild. Um, yeah. How, how tall yeah, were you? Yeah, how, was, how big were you? Were you six, five still in high school? Yeah. So I was, I was really tall and, I, I literally, when I ran it, I looked like a, like a baby giraffe trying to run. Like that's, I was like so uncoordinated, so unathletic. I was like, I'm not going to go to college. Like I, I have zero athletic bone in my body. Basically. I just love sports. Like I played, I played football and baseball my whole life. Um, to be honest with you, I was much more of a, ba- a football fan than baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly gave up football my sophomore year of high school and it was just like, you know, and I think, you know, for long-term health, longevity, and all that, all that stuff, I think baseball is kind of, kind of the route to take. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah. Fast forward, um, going into my senior year, um, we had the likes of uh, Clint Frazier and Travis Demare in my region, who um, now both are big leaguers, uh, one for the Yankees and the other one for the Tigers, um, and they were like, for sure, lock first rounders. So you know, naturally, they brought a lot of scouts with them, and. Um, you know, I got to pitch the pitch against them in region play, and uh, the uh, we played Clint Fraser first, and it was at our at our field, and we had to bring a whole set of extra bleachers behind home plate because we expected like so many scouts, like they had to request for a whole like really set of bleachers. Yeah, it was wow. ridiculous. And so I just remember it was freezing cold, like so cold, and I was nervous the whole day because it was like this dude's literally like gonna be like a top five pick. I think I think he went like fifth overall or whatever. And I was like, you know, I got to sit here and he leads off too. So it's not even like you get like settled <laughs> no in the warm game. Up it's time, like first yeah. battery face. Yeah. It's first battery face is, is him. So, um, I ended up throwing really well against him. I struck him out twice. Um, nice. and literally wrapped that game. Um, I was just going in my senior year. I was just like, okay, like all I want to do is go to the next level. I, I signed to go to the next level. So at that point it was like, I'm just going to enjoy the hell out of my senior year. Like, these are my best friends. You know, we've played together for so long. It's like, let's just live it up right now. So all we cared about was winning. Like that was the only thing that was on our mind. So the, when the whole like pro ball scene got thrown in there, it was like threw me for a curveball Cause I was like not expecting it at all. I barely signed to go to division one school. Like everyone else, like to get drafted out of high school, I felt like you had to be like going to like Georgia or Ford or yeah. you know, FSU, any of those like big name schools. And so I was like, you know, this, you know, let's just go out there and compete. And so, I ended up, uh, after that game, I had like five or six, um, you know, cards from all these like pro teams. Okay. And I was like, like I was thrown off. I was like, there's no way this is true. Like they probably, it was like, I don't know. They probably liked me for a game or whatever. And so my next start, those same five teams were there. Well, I was like, okay, like that's, that's weird. And then <laughs> we went to, uh, we went to play Travis at his high school. And when I showed up, I was in the dugout and like the scouts were coming over and they were like talking to our head coach, and they're like, "Yeah, we're here to see him too." And I was like, "Dude, my my heart dropped." I was like, "What? Like people are actually here to like see me nice. like play? Like it was crazy." And so I ended up. That was like I don't know three months before the draft. I had I filled out a ton of like those questionnaires and everything like that, and then um, I had two in home visits, one with the Diamondbacks and one with the Indians. And then come around draft day, it was actually I went to. This is kind of crazy. My very first. Um, big league park that I went to was actually Kauffman Stadium because the two teams that were like the hottest teams on me were the Diamondbacks and the Royals. 
And so, like, fast forward wow. to now, it's weird. Like, I mean, I drafted by one. Yeah. Yeah. Draft by yeah, one. So it's like, do a little stint in Cincinnati. Good for you for getting out of there. And now you're in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> now you're in Kansas. Yeah, now you're in Kansas City. <laughs> now you're in Kansas yeah, City. So, is is crazy like the whole experience like what are those questionnaires um, dude like, i didn't i've never heard of it. like they ask there's questionnaires they have pre-draft yeah yeah so it's like it's literally they i mean they got all the way down to like what your what does your family do how much your family make like Jesus. i mean they they get in like in-depth stuff like they ask about like your personality i mean they just like they want to get to know you like just yeah, like, yeah. It's fair. Makes sense. um which i mean yeah i understand especially you know late in the process like you don't they didn't know me at all you know i was just yeah you know just a guy that kind of just popped up on the radar so um but yeah when it, whenever i got that call um so to draft day i was like you know it was one of those things where i was like if that happens it happens like i'm not gonna mm -hmm. put like all my eggs in like fully bet on this like you know i was just happy you know to be in a situation and so we were actually on the lake back home with my family and we were sitting down at lunch and um, it's kind of funny cause they had to call, I was 17 when I graduated high school. So I was technically not allowed to like negotiate anything. And so, um, <laughs> they actually had to call my family, my parents, my mom and dad were the ones that were like answering the phone call to be like, all right. Yeah. Like we'll do that. We'll do that. Like, did you have an agent was, at the time? No, no, not at all. Oh, wow. So that was another thing. That was, uh, we were literally like one, we have no idea how the draft process works Two, We have like no agents so we have no one representing us. So it was like, you know, I had no idea. And yeah. so, so me and my parents are just sitting there like talking, like we basically were like, yeah, sure. Whatever happens, happens. Like, yeah. We'll take whatever. And so that's what happened. Uh, the Dimebacks ended up calling me and, uh, drafted me in the eighth round, which was crazy. I didn't, I didn't expect any it's of that. It's pretty good. Happen. I mean, it's pretty so, good. It's a freaking, yeah, it's, it's like great. the world, yeah, I mean, dude, that was, it's the world's longest draft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 40 rounds or yeah, whatever. I don't, don't even think the rounds. army used to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 yeah crazy i uh, i mean it, yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta be crazy to be like you know a 17 year old high schooler not expecting you know to 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 be drafted in the major league draft i mean i mean you know you play high school ball with all your friends and 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 the next thing you know major league baseball team's calling you at 17 years old that's yeah it's mind-blowing yeah it's crazy it's like i mean i literally went from just playing ball for fun because i was with my best friends yeah. to all right, this is like my life. Like exactly. this is where literally I wake up and I play baseball. That's all I have to do for the day. It's like, it is crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So were there like, were there any coaches in high school that like had come up to you and been like, yo, this is an opportunity for you. Like this could be on the horizon or was it really, you kind of just like stumbled into it. Like you were saying you were, you were a football player first and foremost, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the thing. Like, honestly, so where when I made the decision to go straight baseball it was like my freshman year. Um, no, I was I never really pitched until I got to be in about eighth or ninth grade. Um, I was an outfielder. I always knew I had like a good arm. Like I always loved throwing the ball hard, but it's like I didn't, I didn't know where I like I going back to the point. I, I just threw the ball. Like I didn't know where I was going. Like just basically hope you know you swing and miss at it. You know, but um, so it was my freshman year and I got thrown in the fire literally right off the bat. Like two games in the season they're like all right like you have a start and i was like all right like i didn't know what i was doing like, i didn't even know what a start was you know I, I didn't know anything and so um i ended up hilarious story i didn't get a single out and give up five runs in the first inning and it, it was a, it was to the eventuals like state champion so i'm like cool about it but like, that's the same fine time, like dude like that was like my first start in high school and i just like i, was, like, I just got ripped like i didn't even get an out like i'm not gonna this this isn't for me you know and so for the rest as the year went on like i kept getting thrown in there and i started doing well and then 
Um, at the same time, like on the football side, it was like football was starting to become a grind where it was like work out every day, work out twice a day. It was just like, all right, like I don't really want to do this. You don't really have to work out twice a day to play baseball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you baseball boys are like, like crazy, yeah. But, Exactly. You baseball boys like the, the easier, the, 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 the way more chill than the football guys. What, uh, what position were you playing in football? Sorry, I just broke up a little bit. You're good. No, you're good. What, uh, what position were you what playing you in football? What position uh, were you playing in football? Uh, I was tight end actually. I was, um, I, I wasn't very fast. Like I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't really coordinated. So I would literally run like a little five yard, like turn around and catch the ball and fall down. So nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> little, little digs. But, yeah. So you go to, you, you, pick, yeah, yeah, you get drafted, was, yeah, you mean, get drafted by the D backs and they give you that call and the feeling's amazing. And then it's such yeah. a long and winding. It's a, the road that MLB players have to get to the show. I mean, a guy like, ironically, I got, you know, there's guys that Finnegan on the Royals. It's like the crazy yeah. it, that to, for people like that is to me, one of the more underrated things of the last decade. And only the real baseball nerds will really know this one. But Brandon Finnegan coming in and getting drafted that same year and pitching in the world series is utter. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. It is bonkers. So, what's the minor league road like, and how many times a day are you like, "Oh my God, what's going on? Is this ever going to happen?" <laughs> oh, the minor leagues. Honestly, I mean, you guys. I'm sure you heard the horror stories, but horror story. Yeah, me, it's crazy. It's, I, yeah, it's it's literally it's a uh, it's a drag. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. like for me, like I thought it was amazing because so I didn't go to college. I literally, you know, signed right out of high school. So I was like, all right, well. You know, I'm 17 years old. I literally just got – so I literally got drafted on a Friday, had my draft party slash graduation party on Saturday, and I was shipped out to Arizona Sunday morning at like 7 a.m. <laughs> and so here I am, 17 years old, no nobody, on the opposite end of, you know, United States, absolutely clueless about what's going on. And so basically it was like I made a decision where it's like, okay, we're either going to make the most out of every moment we have here because honestly you don't know when it's going to be done. Or we're just gonna like you know miss home and, and not take take advantage of this. So when I got to the minor leagues, I was like, this is essentially my college experience. Like this yeah. is gonna be, you know, this is how I'm gonna live it. And so I ended up meeting like some of my best friends um, right off the bat. Like guys I still talk to to this day. Um, most of them are out of baseball and they're all you know continuing on like married kids. Like life goes on, um, but you know, they, they all came out of college. So they like kind of took me under their wing and like showed me the ropes. And like, I mean, we, we had our fair share of partying like that. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it was our college. Ex- oh, uh, my dude, college yeah. You so need that. Like, you need to get out of it. You yeah. Need, yeah. You totally, I mean, listen, yeah. you didn't miss anything in college. All I really learned how to do was smoke bong, but outside of that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you didn't really miss that that much, but you definitely need to like let loose a bit, especially if you're a young guy, you know, jumping, yeah. going from like being at home in high school to just being on the road all the time and not in like massive cities either. It's not like you're, you know, you're going to play in like New York city, right? You're going to play in little yeah. towns across yeah. the, across the nation. So you definitely need those kind of roadies to help you out. Yeah. Yeah, so my my first stop was Arizona. Then I did well, and I I this is the this is the best place ever. I went to Missoula, Montana. Literally 17 years old, shipped out to Montana. We don't even have a car. We lived five guys to a one bed or two bedroom one bath house. Um, we didn't we it was we biked two miles to the field every day, two miles there, two miles home. Um, 
we didn't use any of the electricity because we didn't want to pay for anything. Like we were making like $300 a month. Like we, we didn't want to, you know, make or like, you know, have yeah, anything that would cost God. us extra. So we, we slept on air mattresses, um, five air mattresses. Um, we had a fan. Uh, each one of us bought like those crappy little like box fans, set them, set them in front of our bed. The most expensive thing we had in our house was a $30 table from Walmart. And that was because we had to have a beer pong table. So that was the that was the most expensive thing we had. College for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it was just it was a crazy experience. Like, um, well, I tell a story all the time. One time we were um we were busing home from uh, Helena, Montana. It was like four hour bus ride, and we is middle of the night, and we get a our tire blows on the (sighs) bus, and so we're literally stranded in the middle of nowhere, Montana. No cell service. No nothing. It's like two, two in the morning, two or three in the morning. And the next closest bus is four hours away. So oh, we're sitting there at two in the morning and no one's sleeping at this point. Everyone's just like, fuck it. Like, we're just going to do whatever we got to do. You know, yeah. like we're, like I said, we're in the middle of nowhere and no one's going to, you know, we literally, I don't even think we saw a car the whole time, um, like pass by us or anything. So we end up, a bus comes we, at like 6 a.m. We throw all of our stuff on the bus. We drive the – I think we had an hour left um, back to Montana or back to Missoula. And we get off. And we had a game that night. And so what? we get in at like 7 a.m. Jesus. Um, we, hop on, we hop on our bikes. We, you know, we got our luggage and everything, <laughs> our bags. We bike, we bike two miles all the way back to our place. We get to our place. We nap for like an hour to two hours. Wake back up, bike two miles back to the field because we had BP in a regular day that day. So Ugh. that's that's the minor league grind right there, dude. It's literally it is literally like I don't know I don't know I'm not I'm not gonna fashion myself as like some <laughs> army vet, but like like this is like the army veteran. This is like the army training for baseball. It's crazy. <laughs> like you're biking <laughs> yeah. you're biking with your gear. You're like Tour de France with your gear across <laughs> Montana, yeah. which is just first yeah. of all, Montana's got to be pretty beautiful from what I've heard. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. Uh, the play, I mean, the where we played was actually really pretty. We had an unbelievable background. The University of Montana was there, so it was like we actually at least had like it was populated. So there was stuff there yeah. to do. It was just you know outside of Missoula, there was nothing. I can't so, imagine how many peanut butter sandwiches and how much dip you guys went through <laughs> in that in oh, that period. Sure, ton of dip, yeah, ton, yeah, just like no, our uh, our our spreads were literally you know ham sandwiches turkey sandwiches and just like a fruit platter and you know go get them you know, one guy bike <laughs> one guy biking through montana with a fruit platter whoever's got the strongest yeah, arm oh man how so, many how so many fast, years fa- how many years were you in the minors uh i was in the minors for four years so five if you count the half season of me getting drafted yeah um at what point yeah. at what point did you start to did the idea of you becoming getting to play in the show kind of come to fruition at what point do you kind of go okay this is about to happen um honestly it was probably i don't know probably my after my high a season where i was like okay like you know we could we can make this work you know like i was starting to enjoy i was starting to figure stuff out i guess um you could say i was starting to be like okay like i know how to pitch i know how to navigate a game i know how to you know pitch deep into a game i know you know when when i get tired what to do um, but I will tell you the jump from high A to double A is a big step. Like I, so I hear you know, low A. Yeah, it's, it is a big step. Right. That was probably, honestly, I thought that was a bigger step than double A to the big leagues. Um, I felt like the consistency factor was through the roof. I felt like the, the hitters in double A knew what they wanted to do. Yeah. They, they knew what they wanted to do. It wasn't like, 
um, you know, sometimes in high, you, you know, you navigate one through six, one through seven, and you got, you know, kind of a break in the order towards the bottom. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like that when you got the double A, it felt like it was like every guy was a dog. Every guy was going to put together an AB and it was like, all right, these guys are, these guys mean business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and I, I think that's why I struggled so much when I got the double A, like I was like, all right, you know, I really focused on a few hitters cause that's what I did in the past. I focused on a few hitters and let my ability to pitch get the other guys out. And I was like, okay, well that's not really working out when those guys are getting on base. And now I got to focus on these guys when the bases are loaded, you know, it's, it got to be it got to be pretty tough there. So yeah, how was your how did your mental develop? Was that was that like the biggest learning curve? Because obviously you know you're learning to pitch and you're physically coming into your own as a pitcher, but that mental jump because people forget that AAA the double A is harder than AAA. The guys that are hitting in double A are the younger guys, the guys that are about to pop off and come up, versus the guys that are in AAA are kind of more so on the holding pattern between MLB and double A. And if you're not you know if you're yeah. not really cracking the show, you're gonna get sent back down to AAA and that's what they'll have you until they need to bring you back up. But the young guns are in double A. The ba- the best batters are in double A. So what kind of mental adjustments are you making as you're and you're moving yeah. you're switching teams too, which is crazy between classes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the I think the biggest part of it is mentally. I mean, I think that's what kind of separates, um, you know, a lot of the pitchers. Like, especially, you know, I see it more now in the big leagues than I did then because, like, even then, everyone's still trying to figure out like what they want to do, like how that, what kind of pitcher they want to become, mm-hmm. um, and even the hitters, they want to try to figure out what kind of hitter they are. Um, but what you know, once you kind of get to the big leagues, you basically know, you know, you know yourself, you know, and it, and then the, then it becomes a mental game. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest adjustment between um, double A and, and the big leagues. Like I felt like the adjustment between high A and double A was physically like mm-hmm. these guys are actually you know really good. And then it was like from then on it was like all right who's you know stronger mentally and who can you know make the adjustments quicker. Um, and that's what I think the biggest jump between those two were. But honestly, like to answer your question, like to me it was like I basically had to take it you know sounds cliche, but I had to take it like pitch by pitch and be like, okay, like, yeah, you know, we, I'm going to execute this pitch and then we'll, we'll worry about what happens after that. You know, yeah. if I, if I don't execute this pitch, like my plan that I had in my head, that's out the window, you know, yeah. I'm behind the counter, you know, stuff like that. So I, I ultimately for me, I had to take it pitch by pitch. Dude, if you, sure. if you're thinking, if you're thinking that's two full- pitches down, you know, you're going to hang something. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're going to miss a spot. You're going to, and next thing you know, it's like, Instead of thinking two pitches down, you're down a run because the dude just put it over the fence. It's like yeah. oh, that, that didn't work out, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So fast so. forward to to like your major league debut. You make your major league debut on opening day. I mean, did you ever think that you were going to come in on that, that first wild. game? That's crazy. No. Yeah. No. So hilarious story is I've never been to an opening day before. Like never. So I first love baseball. one. So my first opening day is the day I make my debut, which was like unbelievable. Uh, it was like one of the most surreal moments ever. Like. Um, I honestly didn't think I was going to come in the game. I thought, you know, I was going to be like one of the last guys out of the bullpen. Um, yeah. And they bring you, know, you in was, and you strike out the first batter. Yeah, my first batter I faced got a strike out of the way. Um, it was crazy. The whole the whole experience was crazy. I, I don't even remember much of it. Um, even even now when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't remember any of that. I remember um, I remember running in because uh, we had Blaine Boyer on our team who pitched a oh, quite I want to say like 10 years in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me in, in BP that day and he was like, listen, like if you get in this game, like, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't want to say like, don't live in the moment because like you want to go out there and compete. But he's like, when you cross like 
when you cross the bullpen fence and you run all the way to the mound, he's like, take everything as much as you can in because like that moment right there is so special. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like, you know, I, I could see that. And sure enough, when I get called in, I was like, all right, like, so I'm running in and I just like, I remember looking up and like seeing the, I mean, the stadium was packed, like seeing the bright lights. I was like, this, this is the sickest thing ever. This is the big leagues. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't believe it. Like, it gives, it gives oh, me cool. chills. Like thinking about it now, just cause I was like, this is, the, this is our dream. This is what like, you know, thousands of dreams, thousands of like make believe games, you, you know, put in your head. It's like, here we are. We're actually living it out. And then when I, Ned, our, our skip said something to me, I don't, I don't even remember what he said. Um, and I just remember like getting on, just throwing my warm up pitches. And then after that, I think I just went blackout until the end. And then I saw my family and then it was like, my mom was crying at the end of the game. And I was like, wow, that, that really just happened. Like that was, that was really special. So the That's debut awesome, was just, I mean, it's everything you dreamed of. That of course, is, yeah. debuting on the opening day is such an electric feeling. I mean, the Royals have such a great fan base too, especially as, yeah. of, especially as of late, you know, they, it was a franchise that for so when we were growing up as kids, all of us. Yeah. I mean, we were the friend, they were the kind of the laughing stock of the AL central fast forward to when we're in college, all of a sudden they've really built a well-rounded team and they've rebuilt a fan base which is most important yeah. in baseball. And they get the championship. And they get the championship. Yeah. They go back they go to back to back. Uh kind of mm-hmm. what what's the culture like there, you know, nowadays? Cuz now all of a sudden it's a young team. You got Merrifield, you got Solaire, you got a couple young guns. They've done it right again. They kind of have their blueprint. They know how to do things. They lose Moose, obviously, let Hosmer walk and Kane walk. Um but they're kind of starting to yeah. recycle and figure things out. So what's the mood like in Kansas City for you guys right now? outside of the Corona situation um, where we're all just kind of yeah. sitting stagnant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, honestly, like this spring training was different. Um, I think everyone was really excited about this year. You know, we just got a uh, hired new manager, Mike Matheny. Um, okay. And, you know, we had, I, I had Ned the last two years and mm-hmm. um, it was awesome to be under a world series, world series manager. Like the culture that they had set in place when, when I got there, like we still have Salvi, we still have Gordo, we still have Duffy, like guys that were part of that team. Um, you know, but even though they'll be the first one to say is like, we, we need a new culture. We need new, because it's like, if you hold on to the past, it's not going to be, we don't have those same guys. We don't yeah. have those same personalities. And so, um, from what I've been told, like I, I've never met, um, uh, Hosmer or Locane or them, but, um, you know, from the stories that I told from, from the other guys, it's like those guys, you know, they were kind of the glue to the, to the culture. And so, you know, when they, when they kind of went their separate ways, it's like, okay, we need a kind of find a new identity and so when we when we hired mike and um you know hired new some some other guys we picked up some free agents it was like okay like going into this season i think everyone was pretty pumped we just came off our second hundred loss season and everyone was just like we're over losing like this sucks like it's yeah. it's the worst showing up to the field every day and like in your ass kick basically it was like this isn't fun like we we we're over this we don't want to do this anymore Mm-hmm. Um, so the vibe in the clubhouse this, this spring training was like really good. Everyone was like, I, I personally felt like we were going to surprise people this year. We had, you know, for the, for the younger guys that we were going into our third season, like we have two years under our belt, two years of learning, two years of hundred losses, knowing what that feeling is. Yeah. It's like, okay, we all know where that was. We all want to be that story be like, we came from that and here we are now, you know what I mean? So that was kind of our mentality is like, we're just going to go in we're, we're going to, you know, change how we go about things. And I think Mike was, Mike was perfect for it. And it was just super unfortunate with, with what happened with the Corona. Cause we were, when we were having a really good camp and then 
yeah got shut down but i mean it was just the i think honestly even when we come back whenever that will be i think uh i think we have a really good really good uh vibe in the clubhouse yeah i mean that's a little segue into like what's going on right now so you said that you're just kind of posted up in arizona not knowing what's next yeah 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 i mean like i said before it's just like we literally are just kind of in a holding pattern we don't know whenever they tell us go we'll, we'll be ready but and I don't want to force your hand here, but just from like an outsider perspective, a guy that's like not in the majors, by the way, I don't play major league baseball. The <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> the, the uh, from our perspective, it's just like I mean, it's just a little disappointing, you know. Not even as like a you know, part of like the press, as a part of as like a fan of the game, it's like such a good opportunity for baseball to grab the bull by the horns be the only sport right now and everyone you know and just come i wish i I, i'm on your guys' side i'm i'm for the players man because i see the way the nba does it and not to compare or you know have other athletes butt heads against each other in other sports but the nba has such a star-driven league and and the mlb deserves to be that it's not football and this sounds a little crazy but there's a mask over your helmet in football and people care about the quarterback the wide receivers and the running backs and the in the skill position players because the dbs just talk so much trash you're gonna know who they are (laughs) and unless you're like a sick defensive player you know the offensive linemen get lost and it's it's just how football works but baseball deserves mm-hmm. that you know and it's good to hear that you guys have such a good thing going in the clubhouse cuz I'm, I'm like look I'm looking at the roster you bring in Holland Holland's there again Rosenthal a Matheny guy is there you know in the bullpen mm-hmm. yeah. right all of a sudden yeah. and, and Ian Kennedy's kind of reinvented himself as the closer which is nice I'm a big Mondesi fan I think he just needs to stay Oh dude he's a freak Yeah he's yeah. he is so Mondesi's fast Mondesi's an absolute freak yeah, yeah man and then you bring a, and having Perez back is just obviously you know it's a guy that's won before but can you speak from a pitcher standpoint just the importance of having that gold glove catcher behind the plate as far as you know pitch framing goes um and all of that what what difference does it really make for you because we hear people talk about it but just you know to hear from a pitcher's mouth and especially having a guy like Salvador there you know how much does that really change the vibe for the pitchers yeah no it's it was that was going to be our biggest addition this year I mean not only is his bat and you know um, his leadership skills, but having him behind the plate, like a big target, big strike zone, like gets, gets a lot of strikes. I mean, he's not only that, he's really smart. He knows the game, been around the game forever. Like he knows the hitters, like he knows tendencies. He's played with against these, all these guys played with all these guys. Like he, he knew he had the, I guess, it factor in, in catcher. Like that's, that was going to be huge. Like the last two years or last year, not two years, um, last year we had, um, some young catchers. And so it's not only like young catchers and young pitchers, we're trying to figure it out. It's like, if we had, you know, that veteran presence in one of the two, it was like, okay, like we were, we were going to kind of be set on that side. And so I think that's ultimately where we struggled last year was pitching is like, yeah. we didn't really know like late in the game um, situations. And I think having Salvi back, like he's been there, he's been through the experience. I think that's the, I mean, that's the number one thing is like just experiencing it. Like, that's the best way to learn is going through it. And so having a guy that's kind of gone through it all, you know, been to the world series, won a world series, lost a world series, been through the heartbreak, been through the, um, you know, celebrations, like having him go through, I, I feel like you've seen, seen everything in baseball. And so having him back behind the plate, like, you know, when so, it's nothing like a, a surprise to him if the situation comes up. So that was, that was one thing we were really most excited about. Totally. And having Matheny and an ex-catcher also as your skipper yeah. is, is great, you know, and then, 
Yeah. Some of the adjustments you make, because the, the whole thing is a game of adjustments. You had your so- rookie year, great. Sophomore year, they kind of adjust to you a little bit. Where are you going mm-hmm. now in your adjustments? Like, what adjustments? Not, I don't, I don't want to, like, you know, reveal all your cards right here because <laughs> just FYI, yeah. we have a lot of Indians players that listen to the podcast. But I just, <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of adjustments are you yeah, making? Yeah, Lindor calls in all the time. And cause it's, it's, it's just slight stuff. I mean, I heard, and some of it's just even mental. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was Joel Joel Hanrahan used to close for the Pirates, right? Anybody, Nick, somebody, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Close for the Pirates. <laughs> I just like I, I I I knew someone would have it. He used to close for. I, I, and this is such a it just stuck with me because I read this article one time and Joel Hanrahan was talking about how he literally won off from one off season where he was you know a, a scrub as people would say, which is crazy considering you made the major leagues. Um, gone from scrub. <laughs> To all star, it's just he made just the way he carries himself on the mound. The literal way he like looks on the mound changed that all for him. So, what kind of slight adjustments are you making in your game to go? Okay, number three year, you're listed on ESPN as the number two guy behind Duffy. And what kind of what kind of adjustments have you made in your game going into year three to kind of solidify yourself as a go to guy in that rotation? Yeah, um, I think uh, you know last year. Um, or really the last two years, I was just kind of a two pitch mixer, honestly. Like I, uh, I had a fastball, but I threw two different types of fastball, a fortune that cuts and a sinker. Um, and I have a slider. And so that was kind of the two pitches that I relied on most. And, um, I feel like, you know, your first year, you can kind of get away with it when guys don't really know who you are. Um, but last year it kind of caught out to me to where I was like, I, I think that's why I had so many walks was like, I was trying to be so fine with everything. Cause I was like, I mean, everyone in the stadium knows what's coming because I only throw two pitches. So it's like, um, it felt like I had to be like pinpoint with everything. And so, um, honestly for me going into this off season, um, you know, I try to try to pick up a new pitch. Um, so I, I had to change up, but like I hardly threw it. So I try to like, um, you know, not really perfect it, but like, you know, work on my change up. And then I, um, picked up a curveball. Um, I think that was going to be uh, a big, a big help this year, especially like, you know, just kind of like later in the game, don't really show it a whole lot, but like kind of, you know, steal strike here or there. Um, you know, just kind of give a, the hitters a different view. Yeah, mix um, them up a little bit. But yeah, yeah. So like when I was just going out there throwing, all right, you know, here's a fastball, you know, here's another fastball. I guess what's coming, you know, a slider probably. You know what I mean? Like, it was <laughs> yeah. like I was becoming way, too, I was becoming way too predictable. And so I think that's where I was struggling um, last year. And so, I think picking up two new pitches, not really two, but really one, but just kind of, you know, incorporating a change up a little bit more was going to be um, a big help going into the season. Totally. So is that, is that something that like, have you been working on the curve right now? Like, what are you up to right now to like keep yourself sharp for whenever they say, Hey, it's go time. Here's when we're getting back to it. Like what's that looked like? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that we, um, me and Mike Montgomery's on our team and we've been talking quite a bit. He's my catch my partner right now. Um, it's like, honestly, it, this sounds terrible, but it's kind of like a blessing in disguise for like us because it's like, this is, we never get time like this. So like in the off season, you're, you're caught between, cause you want to work on things, but you're also caught between, you want to make sure you're ready for the season. Yeah, so dude, it's you like, you want to make sure you're sharp. Freaking arm. Yeah. So, but now it's like, when we got shut down, we were a week away from breaking for spring or breaking for the season. So it was like, we were ready. Our arms were conditioned. Everyone was ready. Like I just got done throwing four innings, like two days before we got shut down. So it was like, you know, we were, we were right there. We were about to, you know, take off. So it's like, okay, we got to kind of, our arms are here. Like our bodies are here. Like we know 
we can work on stuff full, not really full tilt, but like conditioned already, you know, instead of like, you know, in the off season, we're still trying to condition our arm, condition our body to be back where it was, but also trying to work on stuff. Like most of the time when that happens, you kind of like risk injury a little bit. It's like, well, now it's like, we're, our arms are ready. We've been throwing every day. Like we know how to, you know, go about this. Um, so like now it's like the perfect time to be working on stuff. Cause it's like, we're ready, we're here, but we don't have to go out there and compete every fifth day. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we're basically, I'm throwing, you know, 40 pitch bullpens every, you know, five days just yeah. to kind of like stay on that track. But it's like, that's perfect because I'm throwing that many pitches, but I can also work on stuff to the point to where it's like, if I throw a bad one, who cares? It's not like he's going to, you know, it yeah. counts. you know what I mean? So it's like, this is perfect timing. Like, like I said, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of a blessing in disguise. A little I mean, bit. It's great for a young guy like you trying to implement that new pitch. And like, if you can discuss, yeah. what are some of the difficulties in getting that? Like, is it the grip, you know, arm slot? Like, what are the hardest parts about getting that pitch into your repertoire, trusting it mentally? You know, because like you're saying, you're like fastball, fastball, fastball. And then, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, missionary, missionary, you know, you, you know, trying to trust <laughs> her, her on top, me, me on top, her yeah. on bottom kind of deal. You know, how to like, how do you like kind of, yeah. what? of the difficulties in kind of really mixing the curve mental and physical yeah no i mean it's it has its all its own challenge i mean i think uh i think trust is the number one yeah issue but i mean once you once you kind of get down like the grip and like what feels comfortable when you're throwing like um it, it gets to the point of just like trusting it and i think that's the hardest part because it's like it's so foreign and you don't know what to expect you don't know what to do it's like when a hitter gets in there and he sees it for the first time, how is he going to react? Is he going to say it's shit and he's going to, you know, please throw that again, basically. Or is he going to be like, okay, that's a good pitch. Like, I hope he doesn't throw it again. You know what I mean? Like, mm. that's like kind of feedback that we, you know, we kind of, we kind of want, but we can't get right now. But yeah, um, I was about to say part of know. that is like, you need the live thing, right? Yeah, you need to like yeah. sneak yeah. that curveball past the guy to know <laughs> that it's working for you. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's what's good about spring training is like, you know, we can, we can get that live, but I mean, right now we can't, but I think, um, you know, I think it's trust, honestly, when you, when you're trying to get a new pitch and trying to like, you know, better yourself, you just got to trust that it is going to be better and it's not going to hinder you or it's not going to be, um, almost setting you back a little bit. Yeah. Totally. And you bring up batters and I'll let Nick take this one away because this is his favorite. This is his favorite. Uh, yeah, dude, first oh, of all, yeah. it, first of all, and I'll tell you why it now has to come because I don't see it. I don't understand. It doesn't compete with me because you're a, you're, a, you're such a nice, you know, easygoing guy. So how does it go from this to Nick's favorite aspect about your yeah, game? So, okay, okay. So I, as, as we've talked about, you made your, your debut against the White Sox, right? Yep. But yeah. I think a lot of White Sox fans know you from the the Tim Anderson incident. So yeah. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, like what what goes through a pitcher's mind when you know they're trying to intentionally throw at a batter, and you know the five game suspension comes up and all that, you know? Yeah. No. So I mean, I think I I don't know if y'all saw this, but I was on like the Chicago's like villain list. Like, it got it got like sent out. Like I don't know, NBC Sports tweeted out. It's actually. Uh, like the list was LeBron James, Aaron Rodgers, good company, Ryan man. Braun, and me, and uh, so one hockey player. And I was like, "You surpassed Isaiah Thomas. Good for you." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's a pretty good list to be on." Yeah, yeah right. Huge, huge sports team and huge sports town to be a, a villain in. That's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean the whole incident. Okay, so previous years we've we've had some history with um, the White Sox. Like yeah. I, 
I was kind of groomed into when I got over here. It was like, okay, like we don't like the White Sox. It's like, okay, I understand that. Cool. Like, um, you know, so we had a pro- we we actually cleared benches the year before um, for an incident <laughs> involving the same player, and so um, some stuff was said, you know, blah blah, um, and fast forward the year, the next year when we're playing each other, like we, I feel like we've always been competitive with each other, like. Um, you know, even if we like lose a game, it's always been like a, you know, four to three game or something. It's never been like blow out on one side. Yeah, and like, at the end of the day, you're always, you're seeing those guys more than anyone in the entire league. Yeah. Like, we see, we, I see, yeah. yeah bunch, like we see bro. the White Sox. I feel like every other series, like we've, we were going to open up with them again this year. That was going to be our third straight opening day series against them. Like, it's like, we see them all the time. Like I know their whole lineup, like back of my hand basically is like, yeah. you know, that's how many times, and we face them in spring training. They're out here too. So it's like, you know, we don't ever get away from them. So, um, so we're going into that game. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was like first week of April. It was like, I mean, I'm not going to say a meaningless game because like every game in the big leagues means something. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. We know we get it. Like, we, we're with the, you. The 12th yeah, <laughs> game of the season doesn't really define if you're going to make the playoffs or not. Yeah, it's right? not 162. So, unless you're, yeah, unless you're, exactly. unless you're a Padres fan where this guy is like, we're going to the playoffs. I gave him like seven, I gave him 70. He's down my throat about it. Unless you're a Padres fan. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we're, I don't even know. I, I, this game, actually I was grinding. I was, I was sucking this game. I was like, I was actually throwing really well, like numbers wise, but like, I was, I think I was behind every single hitter. Like I was getting lucky, honestly. You could tell, yeah, yeah. And so I was, um, I was all over the place. I think I had like five walks that game too. Mm-hmm. I was all over the place and comes around like the fourth inning or whatever it is. And uh runner gets on second base. And, you know, I, I think the at bat, he battled me for like nine pitches. It was like a long ass AB. I remember and I was basically in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm not walking him because, you know, he's fast. Like, he's going to steal yeah. bases. Like, he's, I mean, if he gets on and there's a single, he's probably going to score from first. He's a, he's a so five I'm like, I'm not walking this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm not going to walk this guy. And so um, I throw I throw a sinker in and he turns on me. It's a home run. And how he acted afterwards to me and to our whole team was just over the top. It just like, it was like, bro you hit a homer congrats but this wasn't a game seven homer this wasn't yeah. a playoff homer this wasn't even a homer to win the game because ultimately we won the game three to two in the in the long run but that's you know that gets kind of lost in the whole transaction of right. everything but um you know it, it just it just seemed like at the time it was just a you know Overdone. april home run you yeah, know it was just sure. why why you you know throwing your bat to the dugout you know whatever but it, very it's a, like, a very aggressive flip too yeah oh, i yeah. mean it's like it, Honestly, like we've had past, we've had beef in the past as far as our teams, and then like that was just like fueling the fire, basically, is what it seemed like. And so, I mean, I was upset because you know I was grinding that day, and then it's like I was already pissed off at myself, and then you pull some shit like that. I was just like, all right, like this is bullshit. Like, Kill switch yeah. list. Um, you know, like whatever. But sorry, y'all there? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're good, man. We're chilling. Um. So yeah. So anyway, that flips us, whatever, and then he like. I don't know. Molly said he said something. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, anyway, I'm I come in. I'm pissed. Like I'm hot at the end. I was like, you know, whatever. And the, and I, I had other guys on the team who's like, yo, like, you know, screw this guy, basically. You yeah. Because we've had we've had guys, we had like I said we had beef in the past and so. Um. So yeah. Anyway, it comes down to it. It was like we ended up tying the game up and, um, we 
comes around the sixth inning and he had to know it was coming because it's like yeah he was leading off the sixth inning and he was literally a foot from the dirt when i was on my second warm-up pitch like i i've never seen anyone get out to the box that fast in my life and to kind of preface this like that was his first hit off me um, in his career, he now has two. He did, like a little. Oh yeah, no, trust me. We looked at the stats. When he's Nick, two for yeah. bro, Nick's Nick's got yeah. your back, dude. He's got you, man. Two, so, two for seventeen. So it's like that. Okay, that that was your first hit off me, and you're acting like you own me. And then the entire White Sox fan base is like, "Yo, Tim Anderson's your daddy," and all this shit. And I'm like, <laughs> "You guys are, you know, like, look it up, please." Like, and then everyone's like, "Yo, White Sox own the Royals. Like, you guys suck," and all this stuff. I was like, "Yo, we won the game. Like, I don't yeah. know what you guys are talking about. Like, it's just hilarious how like it all transpired to yeah. basically like I'm the worst pitcher ever. Uh, the White Sox own me. Tim Anderson owns me. Like all this stuff. And I'm like." You guys really don't like care to look at stats, dude. Like it just it blows my mind. So now, everyone like, always has a recency bias, right? Like for everything. It's just everything. the last yeah. thing that they saw. And they love Tim the, the Anderson. Best, oh, I know. It's crazy. And the and the best part <laughs> about all of it was so when opening day came around, uh the White Sox uh, trust me, I get tweet I get tagged in everything, either Tim Anderson or White Sox. Everything like White Sox fans have like a fascination <laughs> with tagging my name. That's great. Anything. <laughs> that, that's and like so, Padres fans with Pete Alonso. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so like when it comes when it comes to opening day this year, obviously we didn't play it. Um, the the um, White Sox posted out like a thing that was like, let's since we're not playing the Royals, let's review our uh, top five games against the Royals. And the number one game was the Tim Anderson game, and they lost. And I was. Like, everyone was like, yo, like, how's it feel to be the number one game? And, like, I'm like, dude, like, we won lost. the game. Like, I don't know. I don't get what you're talking about here. Like, they just, they're, about they're just like, like, fighting over the there. Game. They're just in for know, the – it's a hockey town and through and through, and they're in for the fights. That's <laughs> what it is. It's, it's so – it's so it was crazy. And it's like – like I said, I get tagged in everything. I got I got called every name under the sun after it yeah. happened. Like, I mean, I cuss words I didn't even know were, were a thing. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Like, they were just ripping me to shreds, and I was just like, "This is great." And then, but it was so funny. It's like when we went back to Chicago, I didn't get booed, I didn't get said anything when I when I ran out of the mound. Like nothing happened, and I was like, you know, for for them being so like passionate and loyal on on social media, there was like nothing at the game. Yeah. I was like, this is. I mean, I was expecting full on. You like, wanted it. You were ready for it. Yeah, yeah, give it yeah to I was me. ready for it. Like in our bullpen, like there's a bar in the visitors bullpen. There's a bar literally like underneath us, like just to the right to where it's like, there's like a screen you can't see in it, but they can see you. And I was like full expecting because everyone gets drunk down there. And it's like, it's kind of a sick place to watch a game. It's like, <laughs> I was full expecting people just wear me out. And there was crickets. One dude said one thing and it like, the girl that he was with like smacked the shit out of him. Like I could hear it from the whole <laughs> Really? It was, Damn, it was hilarious. dude. Yeah. What? Girls so, don't like, girls don't so like was, the heckling for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was fully expecting everything to everything yeah. to come out. Nothing really happened. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, always, like some stuff ahead. happened on social media. I know, like, like I said, I get tagged and everything. So apparently, he did like a Q and A, and he was like, someone asked him like, how bad do you want to hit a home run off me? And he wrote like so bad, and everyone's like. Everyone tagged me. It was like, yeah, this guy owns you. And I was like, oh, my God, like, give it a rest. And then when it came around this year, it's like the thing is, is like they haven't like given up on it. Like they keep posting the same video over and over and over. And it's so like, annoying. yo, it happened a year ago. Like not – I mean it didn't even happen at the end of the season. It happened at the beginning of the season. Like so much shit happened during the middle of the season. You could – like I don't get why you just bring up one moment over and over and yeah. over. It's just like – I mean, 
give up. You know? I, you know, I always wonder like incidents like this where it's like between two players, like every, I mean, does it ever get squashed? Do you think? Is there ever like a moment where it's like, all right, like this happened a long time ago. Let's just like agree that we're both professionals and major leaguers, and like let's let bygones be bygones. You know, like does there ever come a time where like someone wants to reach out and like make amends, or, or is that yeah, just like, does not seem like that kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. I um, honestly, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't. I have a bunch of buddies on the White Sox actually, which is, makes it even more funny. Like yeah. I have a lot of friends over there, and so, um, you know, I, like, I, I'm friends with them. So like during BP, I go over there and talk to them yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like I'm good friends with their, you know, their first base coach. Like, <laughs> it's like, I just, I think one player hates me, and and I'm like cool with it. Like I don't care. Like I'm gonna face the White Sox. Just as I'm gonna face any other team, I'm gonna face him just like I face any other. Yeah, hitter. totally. Like I have like a personal vendetta against him. It's like, to me, it's like just another guy I got to get out. You know, what yeah. I mean? the, it's not. Like, I think. <laughs> I think the funny thing is like next next time he hasn't had bad against you. Obviously, like you're just trying to get him out, right? You yeah, strike yeah, yeah. you strike him out to like anyone watching, any fan is gonna be like, oh, he's going for him. Yeah, like he's get, you know what I mean? Like he's like he, he's trying to get under his skin. Like no, I'm just trying to get him out. But yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. basically what it is. And I I end up facing him again, you know, obviously later in the season. And it's just like everyone, dude. Like before the game, like everyone's like the showdown is back. Like Tim Harrison's gonna hit another home run. And I was like, oh my gosh, like guys, it doesn't. No, he's not. Like basically, <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna. Like my job is to get him out. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh, I'm gonna lay one in there so he hits another home run and start it all over again. It's like no, like I'm gonna get him out, and that's how it's gonna be. And I, I end up, I think he went like uh, one for three that day, like a ground out, short a strikeout, and, and then he had like a little blooper. Um, but like, so I don't, I don't hold a, I don't hold a grudge. Like, like I said, I just, I gotta get him out. He's just like another guy. I gotta get out. Totally. Just, just so, the, just so the fans know. Two for seventeen, so that's a, a one, we got you, one eighteen. We got, we got we get, we're, 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 team, uh, we're team we're team Keller. Even if Anderson comes on, if Anderson comes on, you hear us gas him up. You just know deep down we got you. <laughs> you, were, you were here. You were here first, bro. Uh, I think. I think the cool thing about it though is that like a lot of fans don't realize unless they like drop that stat right, like when a batter comes in, how many times you see the same guys crazy. over yeah. the entire season. Like, yeah. talk about that a little bit about like you know, like in your own mind, like how many times you face a guy, if you've never seen a guy before and just like how that changes um, the way you're approaching a batter game in, game out. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think that's, um, I mean, you know, when we face our, our, our division teams, it's like, you know, it's not like I got to get them out just this time. I got to get them out 20 times throughout this whole season. And it's yeah. like, if I do the same sequence, by the end of the season, this guy's going to be ripping me. Like I talk to our hitters all the time and it's like, you know, they'll like lick their chops when we're facing one one team and they're like, Oh, they got so-and-so pitching day. Like it's going to be a good day. It's like, or they're like, Oh, we got so-and-so it's like, Oh, you know, it's going to be a tough one. Like runs are going to be tough today. It's like, okay. Like they know hitters, know pitchers. Like, it's not like, you know, cause they face so many. It's like, they recognize, na- they recognize names. They recognize, you know, what they've done to them. And so like for us to, you know, face the same guys over and over, it's actually tough because it's like, you got to be creative with how you get them out and you got to be creative with, you know, your sequencing and, and like, you know, different times in the games to when to throw different pitches. And, um, you know, obviously scouting reports help out a ton with that, but, um, you know, we can't, we also got to pick to our strength that day. Like you say, guys, you know, rip sliders, um, or he sucks against sliders and I'm not having my slider that day. It's like, I'm not going to just go up there and throw four of them and, and walk them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got to find a way 
to still get them out, you know? Um, so it's like, that's, that's, that's hard. And I think, um, you know, whenever we play, uh, interleague, I think that's what makes it really tough. We don't see those hitters ever, Mm. you know, once every three years, we'll see the same hitters, you know, like, and so like, see, and plus like the national league, the way national league guys pitch is so different than the way American league guys pitch. Really? Yeah. Cause like, so like nationally they have, they get to face it, the pitcher. Right. So like, you know, they'll, they'll one less professional hitcher. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be a lot more of uh, fastball dominant pitchers. Um, you know, the, just because like most, the, the way the national game is played, it's like more of like manufacturing runs versus like American league style is like, we have a DH and basically one through nine, all of them can hit homers. And it's like, you gotta, you know, basically stop a long ball. Um, and so that's where I kind of like, it's, it's fun to fun to face those national league teams because they're all like, scrappy as hell and they all like you know we got to try to manufacture a run before a pitcher gets up basically is what what it's like so um just the way the games are played is different Mm -hmm. so i think that's why it's like it's even more hard to play those international or uh yeah interleague play interleague games because it's like we don't know one we don't pitch that way and two we don't know these hitters so yeah and that's what makes the cat and mouse game so much fun you know it's like you know, that's, we're both new to this. Like, they don't know us. We don't know them. And it's like, let's figure it out. Yeah. Have you ever had any at-bats as a pitcher? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually, um, I actually have, great question. I think like 11, 11, 11 or 12 wow, babies. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dang. Two hits too. So. Good for you. So I'm holding that one down. Nice, <laughs> man. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got one, um, my rookie year against the Pirates. I, um, it was actually a hilarious story. Um, everyone, so me taking BP, I, I'm literally not a hitter at all. I suck at hitting. Um, when I was taking BP, like everyone was taking bets, like who would get the like first hit of all the pitchers, and I was dead last on everyone's list. And so um, I pitched the second game against the um, Pirates at at, at uh, in Pittsburgh, and I was facing Joe Musgrove, who's nasty, he's disgusting. Yeah, he's and good. he does some heat. He, um, yeah, he does. So he he threw a fastball. So his first A B punched me out on three pitches. I didn't even see any yeah. of them. It was like I wasn't even close. Given. And so my se- yeah, my second A B, um, I got up there and um I think I was leaning off the inning and I was told to take a pitch. So I took the first one to strike <laughs> yeah. and then he threw me a he, he threw me a second fastball. And I remember I was like, Oh, that one's off. And that's all I remember in my mind. And I remember like I went to swing and I remember feeling contact and I thought I pulled the ball. So I like looked down the left field line and out of the corner of my right eye, I see the ball like like on the ground through through the four hole and I was like holy shit like I put this ball in play basically so I like started like running and then the second baseman goes to like dive and misses it and I was like no shit I just got my first hit so I like started like because they told me like once you get a hit like just kind of like jog and I was like all right so I started jogging well the right fielder comes charging in like he's about to like throw me out of the and I like started I started like sprinting to first man. I probably looked so dumb when I was running, but it was like, <laughs> the giraffe I, comes like, back, I, buddy, and you're just like gunning <laughs> yeah, exactly. it down the line. Yeah, awesome. everywhere. I was just booking it. But yeah, yeah and then um, someone walked, and I got to second base, and then Gordo hit a single, and I scored from second base. Nice. Round in third. When I'm round in third, I'm really close to our third base coach at the time. He's like, "You gotta fucking go!" Like, there's a throw coming. So I'm like full on sprinting. And like fully expecting like to slide or something, and uh, I end up scoring. I turn around and look, and the ball's like at the cutoff man in like center field. And anyway, we end up scoring quite a few runs. And I come back in, or our, our third base comes in, 
And he's just laughing. He's like, yeah, did you like that? He's like, I was like, what are you talking about? I, was, I thought there was going to be throwing. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to see you run a little bit. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, it was, it was so hot. It was such like, a good baseball yeah. thing to like dick around like that in the middle yeah. of the game. He's like, I just wanted to see you run a little bit. And I was like, that's not cool. I mean, it's like, it was so humid. It was a night in Pittsburgh. It was so hot. And I was yeah. like, absolutely drained after that. But yeah, and then uh, my, my <laughs> yeah, second hit was last year. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's not cool. Um, Last year I was uh, actually in home at home against Atlanta, back in my hometown, and uh, I got cool. a hit off of Julio uh, Tehran, awesome. which was which was sick. Yeah, he's pretty like, good. He's I like had, a like, decent. Two hundred fifty people there. It was sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a good been, pitcher. He's yeah. He's but, um, he's had some nice years. Yeah, you used to go to the. So. You used to go to old Turner Field when you were growing up. Oh yeah, that's basically my childhood. It's so I literally had from probably like five or six year old to like ten years old. I had every single birthday party at Turner Field. So I was wow, like, dang. I was like a staple at Turner Field, and then like Shit. last year I got to go back. Taylor's are coming um, into town, baby. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, uh, I actually got to. Um, they changed around the rotation a little bit, so I could pitch back in Atlanta, which was That's really cool. cool. Was That's special, nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So we yeah, we had an off day there. I got to hang out with my family uh, back home for the off day, and then um, I pitched the last game there. And I like no lie, I had like 250 people there. My it was it was crazy. Everybody, it was one of the that's coolest, yeah. Everybody yeah. I mean, I'm it. from a really small hometown. Like, uh, my entire town was there. And when I went back this offseason back home, everyone was like, yo, I was at the game. Like, people I haven't talked to or haven't seen forever. That's it's awesome. Like, it was really cool to see, like, a town kind of rally after that. It was it was really special. That's every, so cool. I, every kid. I'm, really, I'm really glad that, uh, you know, you got the opportunity to, to get those at-bats because, like, now the DH might be universal, I mean, yeah. especially this season. So there might not be any more pitches hitting ever again, you know? I know. Yeah, that's crazy. gonna be that's gonna we'll be crazy. Lucky ones. I'm Man, into it. A lot more more home runs. Don't you don't have to verbally say that just for the four of us to know. You can nod your head, shake your head yes or no. Is there something up with the ball? Um yeah, I think so. But, <laughs> okay, just um, okay, reveal it. Verlander <laughs> <laughs> said it. Verlander said it. Okay, yeah, yeah we're fair game. If, I mean, if, if Verlander says it, we're chilling, we're chilling. Yeah, I mean it was so like in eighteen 18- so I throw a sinker and it's like in 18, I felt like the ball was moving like so well. And then last year it was like, I could not throw a sinker to save my life. And it's like, it just makes sense. Cause like, if you look back, like in 18, a lot of the sinker ballers had success. And then 19, all the like four seam spin rate guys had success. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the balls are designed to have backspin, like home runs. You generate home runs through backspin. So it's like four seamer yeah. guys that can like spin rate it back at the top of the zone. You know, that's my opinion, but I don't want to get in trouble. No, you're good. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> cut saying. it off. We'll cut it off with that. We won't kick that around the news. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of like other pitchers, um, and some batters, real quick for you, a couple more for you. Um, some batters, man. What's it like? You got a guy. You go up against against a guy like Trout against Pujols, and like you know, I know it's like business as usual, just another batter. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of come back into the dugout what's that feeling like going is there a kind of like a geek out feeling going wow like pitching against pool holes that's got to be pretty sick yeah yeah so that's um that's funny you bring that up that the pitching against pool holes was my uh i'm here type of moment you know what i mean like was one of those where i was like holy shit this is a big league you know what i mean so yeah. um i was coming out of the bullpen it was like my third or fourth outing um in the big leagues and we had the angels at home mm-hmm. and um i came out of the bullpen um mike trout was on second base and pool holes was up and 
at this at this point i hadn't given up a run in the big leagues yet so i was like <laughs> i was actually doing pretty well and nice. i i throw my warm-up pitches and I, I i get on the mound and i like come set and i you know waiting for the hitter and i see pools get in there and i see him do his like little shimmy thing and i literally had to step off because i was like holy shit like i've seen <laughs> i've seen this guy do this so many times on tv i've i played a played as him in video games i've Dude, seen him yeah, you know man. all over baseball and here i am 60 feet away from him and have him throw a pitch and hopefully he doesn't hit it yeah i was it was like one of those like moments where i was like damn like this is really happening like the, i can't believe this and then i like i remember like i looked at second base and mike trout standing right there and i was like <laughs> yeah the dude, best player ever is behind me the best two hitters the last two decades are right right in between yeah. that's gotta make me listen it's you know we had uh, craig elo on the show he's the guy that guarded mj on the shot and it's more so when you're in those situations like holy shit like i've made it to a point where i'm guarding michael jordan consistently holy shit i made it to a point where yeah. i'm guarding pool holes crazy but we all know that that little freaking like tuck of the the jersey that Pujols does, and then he's I remember like yeah. I, I pictured as a kid, dude. He settles in with the bat, just that one motion. Yeah. I'm like, thank God my head's yeah. not the ball. That guy would just Ned <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stark me. It was crazy. To another dimension. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. And my second my second moment was um, uh, coming in Fenway. That was oh yeah coming out of the that's bullpen Josh, in Fenway. Yeah, cool, man. It's yeah, cool. I mean that was. Fenway Park is. That was the. That was like the mecca. You know what I mean? That's baseball. Like, yeah. If you don't love Fenway. It's like something's wrong with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was just it was it was crazy. It was like I came in the eighth inning. Um, they were swinging, singing "Sweet Caroline," and I, I just had chills like the whole time. I was like, this is the craziest moment ever. Awesome, it was it was so special. It's, yeah. I mean that stadium, but, Nick and Toss. Have you guys ever been to Fenway? I have yeah. not, unfortunately. Have. You have tossed. I mean, it to yeah, me. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's unreal. I mean, and we've watched, like, I have I mean, I went to Dodger Stadium opening day last year in full Red Sox gear after we beat them. I, <laughs> I the, the last two games I'd gone to were the game-winning World Series game we had against the Dodgers. I say we. I'm sure, like, you know, <laughs> as a fan, <laughs> talking to a player, it's got to be pretty funny. Um, and then the opening day, and the, it's a sea of blue. Those fans are nuts, and I'm in full red. Oh, but yeah. they – a Fenway Park, and if you, you know, if you ever get a chance, Brad, to go as uh, just like as a fan, you know, when you're not pitching or something, um, yeah. Sox-Yankees at Fenway Park – is in the right field bleachers where the Yankee fans come because that's like the cheapest ticket for them to travel up, stay the night, and go sit there. <laughs> and then the Southie Boston guys who yeah. just come to get into fights. The whole Chicago thing, it's even worse. And <laughs> they just come for that. That's like that to me is like the mecca of baseball right there. But those are two great moments. So kind of yeah. segue us into what yeah. we always ask guys that come on the show. What's your favorite sports memory? All time could be you playing, could be you as a kid watching anything, man. Your favorite absolute yeah. number one moment. Um, I mean, I don't want to be selfish about this, but Dude, I please. think uh, me pitching, I think me pitching back home in Atlanta was was hands down my yeah, favorite moment. Ever. Great. It's amazing. It was just it's like, amazing. I mean, facing my hometown team, team I grew up for, grew up watching, grew up idolizing, basically all those players. I mean, growing up in the '90s, watching. You know, Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin pitch. Like, they're the ones that ultimately got me into pitching. Yeah. And here I am, you know, facing guys that I I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I still root for the Braves. You know, they're my whole town team. I've watched them my whole life. You know? Thank and you. Like, I feel like you I should be allowed them. to root for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so you know, it's, it's like funny. It's, it's funny you say that because like I know people you know who've who've made it to like NFL, and I ask them like, are you still a fan of like the team that you root for? Like, nah, because you know what, they didn't give me a chance. And it's like, oh come on, like the business. <laughs> like maybe one day they'll yeah. give you a chance, and like yeah. you know what I mean. Like hopefully you get to play for the Braves one day. That'd be awesome. You know? that'd yeah, be- yeah. I mean that that'd kind of be a dream. But I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Royals. Royals are Royals course, are great. Yeah. But barbecue, you know, but, I mean, nice weather. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kansas City is phenomenal. I love yeah, that place. Cool. I mean, when I first got drafted there, I was like. Okay, like can't middle middle of the you know country. It's like oh, it'd be interesting to see. When I got there, I was like, dude, this place is incredible. I love Kansas City. Yeah, can't wait to get back there. And I'm sure it was rocking this year at the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, we went to uh, we went to the Sunday night game, um, Packers uh, Chiefs, and dude, that was I've never gone to. So we went to a few preseason games, but they're nothing like the regular season games. Is it that, that crazy? Was, that place was nuts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Arrowhead is. Oh, that's a that's a, I've never been in a stadium that loud before in my life. Yeah, really. Have you been to the new Falcon the new Falcon Stadium? Yeah, yeah. I have. Nice. I've, I've 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 gone to I've watched the um I've gone to actually a few. I'm a big Georgia fan, so I went to the SEC championships the last few years there. Um, and I went to a few Falcons games, but it, it's a nice stadium. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's just like. Even though it's a dome, it's not nearly as loud as Arrowhead. I don't yeah, know why or what yeah. it is. Those fans like, are just crazy, man. They're crazy. They're, they, I mean, they're. They awesome, got the acoustics though. just right there. Yeah, they seriously do. Something about that place, and they only have one speaker too, which is really like makes it even more mind blowing. It's like, oh, yeah. it's crazy. Sometimes the best party is the ones with one speaker, though, man. That's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before we let you rock and roll, man, we got one more for you. All right, today's game outside of Brad Keller your top five pitchers right now today in order if you can give them out all right um the grom's number one hell yeah um garrett cole's number two okay um scherzer's three yeah um i'd say i'd say flaherty's probably number four that guy's nasty really he shoves against us too he shoves against us um, Verlander, Verlander's probably. I, five. I can't argue it. I can't. can't argue. Yeah. Nick, Nick's I a mean, huge Flaherty guy. Yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah. No, Flaherty. Well, I, I mean, like, I that just guy shoves against us. I would probably I, actually I'd switch Flaherty and Verlander. Flaherty, yeah. Flaherty's five, but like, dude, after watching, I'll tell you what: watching those guys in person versus watching on TV, watching Degrom throw against us in person was the most like mesmerizing i've ever seen pitching like it was the smoothest 99 i've ever seen it was wherever he wanted it and it was just disgusting and it was like with ease and i was like he's this so, guy is unbelievable he's so and then cool. i got to watch max scherzer absolutely dominate us like i think he punched out like 14 against us right before the all-star break and I was it's like, so funny because those guys are too they're so different like so scherzer different. is like is like so aggressive and like so much like energy and yeah. passion just wants to like yeah. kill you. And Degrom is like so smooth, you. yeah, so smooth and so chill and like just yeah, bah, bah, bah. yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, I mean, watching watching those guys and then you know Garrett Cole is obviously Garrett Cole. Like what yeah. he did this year is just I mean you can't even put those on you know into words. That's of just course. special. Yeah, but I mean those. I mean we're we're at a time right now where baseball like I feel like you know the talent levels through the roof, and I feel like through the, the roof part, everything's really young. Yeah. I think everyone's super young and it's like really it's really fun to be a part of this. Yeah, totally, man. And we're gonna be rooting for you. 
Um, thank God you're not in the AL East, so I could definitely be pulling for you. The NL West, <laughs> and Toss is a Rangers fan. I could, as long as you're not in the AL East, I got you, brother. Um, All right, <laughs> we're coming. To, we're coming to see you when you when you come to LA. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, Pay. You gotta yeah, let you gotta sure. let us know. We'll for sure come rip yeah, it. Yeah, for sure, know. guys. And you just giving me an amazing excuse to get a Royals hat. I wore my Red Sox hat, but I have, a, <laughs> I have like a wall of like fifty hats in my room, and now I have. Oh, really? Amazing, yeah, that's an epic excuse to get. I love the one. background. I love little smalls right there. So, yeah, yeah, thank you, man. We have the whole. We have the whole. We have a fight right there. Don't ask about the Sonics oh, thing. Oh, sick. Yeah, it's yeah, like well, this, I'm 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 bummed because I not as big of a baseball fan as they are, but I, my one baseball paraphernalia thing that I have is a, is a Fred McGriff Braves Jersey. And I, Oh, seriously. That's I'm, I'm bummed. Yeah. I'm bummed that I, I'm not wearing it. My dad grew up in Atlanta. <laughs> that's why I have it. But okay. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 He, the uh, crime dog. I have a, but we have crime a bunch dog. of college right. buddies from Georgia too, who are huge Braves fans. Huge. You know, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not as blind as Padres fans, but definitely close. And, <laughs> and now that I've yeah, we're on the it, rise, we're man. on the rise. There you go. That's it. Yeah. No, I will that's say it. one thing. I will say one thing that you should thank the White Sox for is getting Fernando Tatis out of your division because yeah, that guy's a freak. Exactly. That guy's a freak. He's yeah. nasty. I faced him this uh, during spring training this year, and he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's easy. A lot of young ballers out there, and you love to see it. Brad yeah. Keller, guys. Yeah. Go root for him. Screw the White Sox. Screw Tim Anderson until we get him. <laughs> and Brad, man, thank you for joining the show, brother. We appreciate you. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Seriously, it was fun. Awesome. Take man. care, man. See you guys. Dude's a legend. Enough said. Boom, shakalaka. Put it in the books, as they say in baseball. We'll be rooting for him in his new curveball big time. And look at his numbers. Look at him pitch, man. He's had some really good games out there. Seriously. And he's a young guy, so... We're pulling for this Royals team. They've done it before. They've done it before, and I think in this decade. Yeah, man, it seems so long ago. Um, but anyway, friendly reminder, we're brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100, and they'll match your deposit as a bonus welcome. Very nice of them, so go do that. Go bet. Go bet on futures. Go bet on the online casino. Go bet and get paid, win money. It's that simple. And the fans out there, drag both feet inbounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why? Because they are free. We outcha. We love you. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube